Hello and welcome to another episode of Snapshots. Now, I know that I kind of use this to talk to people who maybe you haven't heard of, but occasionally I like to talk to someone you've almost certainly heard of, you know, who's also a good friend and we can just have a chat. And it's just a good excuse really for us to have a chat. So today I've got with me one of those guys and it's Dave Griff. How are you, mate? You good? Never never been better. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. I'm really good. So you good, ready good. for this? You ready for this? Yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat. That's only to stop it creaking because of the uh, sound interference. Yeah. <laughs> right. So for those of you who don't know, I mean, come on, everybody knows Dave. But for those of you who don't, give us a brief description of you, of you and your channel, mate. Okay. Uh, I'm a sort of um, currently part-time photographer. I, I haven't done a lot over the last eighteen months or so, really, by comparison. I started my YouTube channel about five years ago, and at one point I was cranking out two videos a week. Uh, based in North Wales, Anglesey and Snowdonia is my speciality. I don't often travel any further afield, mainly because I don't need to. Um, I'm a huge advocate of personal creativity. I, I'm quite happy to push the boundaries that uh, other people might say, oh, you've, you've pushed that a bit far. You, you shouldn't have moved that seagull three pixels to the left, but I'll, I'll do what I like. So I guess that's me. I've got a bit of a reputation in that respect. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Um, so when did you start photography and what was it that gave you that driver to get going? Uh, that's an easy one. Um, well, it's less easy to admit how long ago it was I started. Um, about 1978. Uh, I was given an Instamatic camera by my parents and um, quickly realised it was absolutely rubbish for landscapes. I was growing up in mid Wales and uh, I was an outdoorsy sort of person, out and about all the time. And I saw loads of stuff that I really wanted to be able to photograph. Uh, so when I got my first job in uh, November 79, I saved up my first sort of six months pay packet, lived off baked beans, and I bought myself uh, a Rolly F35 with a 50mm f1.8 lens, and that's what I cut my teeth on over the next five years or so. Okay, and when did you start a YouTube channel? How long ago was that? Uh, yeah, that was about five years, I think, something in that order so what got you into youtube what what was the fascination with that or what was the draw of that uh i i was watching landscape photography videos kind of around about the very early days you know sort of the pioneering sort of tom heaton stuff uh and i i just felt that it would be quite good to represent north wales so i did a bit of digging about and i found this guy called jason jones and watched some of his videos and, and saw his audience figures and thought, oh, so actually people are quite interested in this. So I set out to gain more subscribers than him. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's your plan, was it? That was just, that's it. Not, I'm going to show everyone the beauty of North Wales. It's just like, I just want more subs than Jason Jones. Well, you get all these uh, photography vloggers, they come on and they say, oh, you know, my audience don't, you know, doesn't matter to me how, what my numbers are like. And we all know it's a pack of lies. But actually, um, no, I, I, uh, to be fair, Jason, I, I've met him, I like him, we get on well. But, um, you know, it was just that I thought, well, there's room for perhaps a slightly different approach. Uh, but also, I'd only just come back to photography not long before that, after a moratorium of about 25 years. So there was that uh, element of sort of tracking my progress, if you like. 
so the the YouTube channel was just somewhere to park the videos so my mum could have a look and you know people that I know could see what I was up to uh, I really didn't anticipate an audience of any sort well, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. How many are you up to now? It must be over 10,000, aren't you, subscribers? Yeah, I'm just a smidgen under 10,000. Oh, it's sort it's... Of, by the time this goes out, then you'll be over because everyone oh, yeah, who watches me it... will be... Yeah, but when this goes out, all of a sudden I'll lose a load of subs anyway. <laughs> it's always the way, <laughs> What, for it? associating yourself with me? Is that what it is? So... Yeah. <laughs> so my next question is, um, you may well know that about what was it about three or four months ago someone sabotaged jason jones's channel do you know anything about that <laughs> i i couldn't possibly comment <laughs> <laughs> actually right. i felt i felt really sorry for him because he put so much work in. i mean you and i you know on on serious note you and i both know what it takes mm. um it's not easy and it always to some extent detracts from your photography when you're trying to spin two plates every time you go out and jason had put a huge amount of work into it and give him his due he was still putting out a video every single week mm -hmm. I, you know i can't remember a time that he missed and and his channel was warts and all he was prepared to admit to getting stuck on clanvin island when the tide cut him off and, you know, whereas you and I would have switched the cameras off and just sat shivering on a rock waiting for rescue, Jason was filming it and sharing it with us. Um, so he'd done all that work and then to find that he couldn't get back into his original channel no matter how he tried, uh, I thought that was a bit of a tragedy because, you know, you, you do think to yourself, well, wow, what would I do if that happened to me? Mm -hmm. If If... If you were someone out there, you wanted to say to someone out there, right, this is what I'm about. This is this is me in a nutshell in a video that you've released. Which video would it be? What what one would you show them? Uh, 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 the ones that are on my channel. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. That's a bit of a curveball. Um, oh, I think it'd be video number seventy-two. <laughs> no, I can't be that specific. Um, I actually no, there is one. Uh, it's one that I shot the first time back in the Snowdonia Mountains after um, lockdown. And it's called Back in the Snowdonia Mountains. Um, in brackets, uh, after lockdown. <laughs> no, I couldn't fit that on the thumbnail. Oh, right, okay. But anyway, it, it, I must admit, I somebody commented on it recently. And so I, I went to reply to the comment and I had to refer to the video uh, because of something I'd said in it and of course I couldn't remember what I'd said so I watched it over and I, I normally never do that you know you publish a video you check that it isn't screwed up in some way and then you move on with your life and you never watch them back um, so I, I sat and watched it and what I realised was what, what a gurning fool I mean you know yes you love the Snowdonia Mountains yes you haven't been able to visit them for a very long time um, and uh, what I realised was when I watched it, because it, it was, they'd announced on, uh, in Wales uh, on, a, on a Friday, or you can, you can go out as of tomorrow. And the, uh, and the tomorrow, I mean, it was like a kid on Christmas Eve, you know, <laughs> oh, it's one minute past midnight, I'm off, <laughs> sort of thing. I was there first thing. And I, I had a couple of hours to spare, and I ended up staying there all day. And, yeah, I think it was, I was quite exuberant. Um, and... It, it, the light was fabulous. I, I did get some quite good images, so that was a bonus. But I think, yeah, that enthusiasm for the mountains um, and what my patch, North Wales, 
um, has to offer. Um, I think the mountains are better value than the island, but the island can be pretty good too. Mm. I mean, that's the one thing I'd, I'd say about your videos is you are incredibly knowledgeable about the area. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people watch watch us guys often for location advice, you know, mm. and watching that, watching you, you're going to learn everything you need to know about wherever it is that you are. So that's, that's, you know, I've got to say that's, you know, kudos to you, mate. Yeah. Cheers. I, I, I do have an enthusiasm for sharing this location. I've, I've been known to be a bit curmudgeonly and sort of, Oh, bloody visitors coming here, leaving their barbecues and soiled nappies and all that sort of thing. But photographers, who for the most part care about what they're photographing uh, i'm more than happy to offer any advice at all and i set up location guides on my website and so yeah that that was a spin-off that i hadn't anticipated when i started the channel but something that i certainly major on now mm -hmm. uh, you know i'll point out where i park and when's the best time to shoot and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. rather than just well here i am there's a mountain yeah and that, that's really, I mean, that's one of the things that makes your channel stand out from others, I think, to be honest. So um, so moving on. Now, I haven't asked this question to anyone yet. So, because, <clears throat> you know, I, I want to throw you, Dave. I don't want, because you've obviously, some of the videos have been out by now. So you kind of got an idea of what I'm going to ask. So this one is a different one. So who inspired you, you know, photography-wise when you started? And who inspires you photography-wise now? Ooh, that's a good one. It's it's kind of difficult because it's a bit trite, um, but it's just a, a factor of my age. When I started landscape photography, living in Llandrindod, Wales, in mid-Wales, which is, if ever there was a one-horse town, that's it, they did have a local lending library. And as a youngster, I'd, you know, taken out my share of Wurzel Gummidge books. But when I took up photography... I went in and said, got any landscape photography books? And the, the, the dusty old lady scratched her head and went off to find a dusty tome. And all they had was, was something uh, not by, but about Ansel Adams. Because okay. it was the 70s, you know, it, it, that, that was kind of where we were at. So that was the first book that I looked at. But the person that really inspired me, much more so than Adams, was a guy that was one of his contemporaries, or, well, came along after, but in the same area, a guy called Galen Rowell, who started shooting for National Geographic magazine in the early 70s, when he was about 40 years old. And, I mean, he was a mountaineer and explorer, and he specifically said that his love of photography came out of his starting love of the mountains. Okay. And that very much reflected me. And, for example, you know, your recent chat with Nick Livesey, he said the same thing. You start with a love of the outdoors, you then go, oh, yeah, mountains, let's climb some of those. And then you find yourself wanting to, to save those views and to be able to look back on them. Mm -hmm. And then you get into photography for its own sake. And that was very much me. So Galen Roll, who was shooting in the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains of California along the John Muir Trail, very much the same neck of the woods as Ansel Adams was all those years before, mm -hmm. but with colour film and contemporary gear. Tragically, Galen Roll and his wife died very young in an air crash coming back from a shoot, flying into Bishop in California, a town that I visited. Damn fine cherry pie, by the way. <laughs> and um, I, I, I have a hankering to go back to California. And because uh, the last time I was there, I was 
pretty much trout fishing. I didn't take a camera. Right. Yeah, that's that's um, not good photography then, wise, is it? You might get you probably got a lovely picture of you like that, holding yeah. a, holding a fish. But, but I was on a break from photography at the time, so right, fair enough. We'll I have an thing. excuse. So, yeah. So who inspires you now? Oh yeah, I'd forgotten that bit. Um, mm, that that's kind of a tough question because the the short answer is so many nowadays in in the days of social media, it's so easy to come across some really top quality work. Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a bit of a limb here and sound like a fanboy, but I really like Adam Gibbs's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know what I really like about Adam is that he's another jobbing vlogger, so he's out every week, you know, feeding his algorithm. But even in the most challenging of conditions, where a lot of people would say, "Oh, look, just forget it," he's 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 got this imperative to produce a video. And somehow he manages to wrangle something out of the miserablest of conditions. Um, and I, I, I very much sort of adhere to that. You know, when I'm, when I'm working with people, you sort of, you get what you're given as far as conditions are concerned. Yeah. But all of that practice then means that when the conditions are favourable, you really are sort of lined up to make the most of it. So, yeah, I, I like Adam. I, I, I like him as a person as well. So that makes it easier to enjoy his work. There are some people out there who are good photographers, but I can't bear them, so I don't look at their stuff. Sounds like most people that I know, actually. I don't think I like anybody very much. You're all right, I guess, but um, <laughs> other than that. Yeah. All right, so you were talking about social media and there being so many people on social media and it's really easy to access photography now. So I've got a question about social media, and, and I've been asking everyone else, social media, blessing or curse, but I'm going to ask you something slightly different. I'm going to say social media... Give me one positive and one negative. Oh, okay. Well, the one positive is easy, is that it it does what it sort of set out to do, which is it builds communities. Without social media, I would have no idea who you are and I would have no friends. So uh, in that respect, the, the really fabulous friendships that I've made over the last... Uh, five or six years around the world uh people that i chat to on on a number of continents is huge positive uh and and for that reason i'm more than happy to overlook the negatives and i don't have such a downer on social media as a lot of people do um the the obvious downer are the trolls and critics you know it kind of goes without saying really Mm. but i think my approach to social media is slightly more measured in that I don't really get riled up by them. I just you know, don't don't follow them, block them, ignore them. It's just of no consequence to me. Um, in, in much the same way that if somebody was in a room with me and they said the sort of stuff they say, I'd just tell them to shut up and ignore them. <laughs> That'd be it. No problem. You can bleep that, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I will bleep it. You're fine. It's okay. Now, I, 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 I don't know. See, I, I really envy you. Do I envy you in your attitude towards social media? Because I quite enjoy the hating it. I quite enjoy the... the I, I like... I get something out of the anger. I'm like... It's almost like I want to be offended, if that makes sense. It makes me... Funnily enough, me, me and the boys have kind of noticed that, just saying. <laughs> do, do you reckon? <laughs> it's like... But I, I just want everyone... You know, I just want you to know, and, you know all the podcast guys to know that when I'm at my most unhappiest with social media, I'm probably quite happy. 
So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, meeting people is uh, you know that's the massive plus of it, isn't it? I mean, we'd never have met like there's so you know so many connections I've made through social media that I just wouldn't have made. So yeah, I'm 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 totally with you on that. Yeah, and and I think that when you make the effort with the people that you, you're particularly interested in to go beyond the online and actually meet up with people, that's that's when it, it really pays off. Because, mm. um, you know, there, there are plenty of people that I've met um, through group meetups and that sort of thing. And, you know, got a, quite a wide circle of friends now off the back of that. That, it, again, is much better than the online stuff. But then it when you know somebody personally, then the online stuff becomes better. So it's, you know, it's kind of a circle of positivity. Oh, it's lovely. But I never thought I'd hear you say those words, Dave. So three oh, words worry, I, I never thought you. I'd hear you say together. Circle of positivity. <laughs> I sound like Prince Harry, don't I? <laughs> oh, Christ. Let's not go down that route. Oh, no. dear. Yeah. No, I, 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 the thing for me is I always find this with, with when, especially when people are on YouTube, and you meet someone who's on YouTube and you're on YouTube, you don't have to have met them before. You just know them. It's mm. like the first time I met Darren, it's like it's like I knew him already and he kind of knew me already because you know you know each other's sort of like just, just the way they are, their mannerisms and everything. And it's almost like meeting a friend. It's, it's very strange. That, that's, that's true, but there are also cases where people, when you meet them, are nothing like their YouTube persona because they're putting it on, and that can be slightly off-putting. Yeah, yeah. Well, no no issues here because you're exactly like you are. I mean, we're so, it's, the other thing I was going to say to you, actually, is it's really weird. You come up in a lot of these conversations I've been having. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was quite taken aback. Yeah extremely taken aback actually because i would be an absolutely terrible lawyer if somebody was in some bother um especially if they did it because i'd want to be on the prosecution <laughs> i i have no time for defense lawyers whatsoever working loopholes and stuff essentially what you're saying then is you want to you want to send nick livesey down that's what, that's oh totally <laughs> yeah if he's out of order he needs to get banged up key thrown away <laughs> So talking about that then, go on, if, you, if you've if you been arrested by the police and you had one phone call and you could only phone a photography vlogger to help you out, who's it going to be? Ah, that's difficult. Um, I Actually, I, I suppose it would be, you know, the, the ultimate photography vlogger, it, it would be Tom, Tom Heaton. Oh, right. Uh, mostly because he's sort of completely unruffleable. He's, he's such an even-handed person with a a level-headed personality that, you know, I think I think that he would be quite a good advocate if he chose that as a profession. He's quite calming, isn't he? So he could sort of, yeah. you know... The, the... I mean, I'd probably end up in jail, but he'd make me feel better about it. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right, let's go back to photography again. So, I mean, I know you run workshops, um, but if there's one tip that you could give to someone in terms of photography, what would it be? Uh, ooh. I'm not sure if it's as much about sort of technique or, you know, don't buy gear, go on location or, or all of those sort of things. But one thing that I actually was talking about only recently with somebody online, uh, there's a young lady called Courtney Victoria who has a YouTube channel. And in a recent video, she was agonising about... Uh, she'd had a sort of artistic block 
and she was worried that her photography wasn't as good as it might be and and I commented to saying something along the lines of, well, look, you know, it, it's a great pity that, that people feel like that about their photography. They, they feel a personal pressure hmm. because it, it's if you're doing something as a hobby, surely you're doing something for enjoyment. Surely you're doing something for yourself first. Uh, and if you decide to share it and people like it, great. If you decide to share it and people don't like it, so what? Because as long as that imperative of you're doing it for yourself um so my tip would be because i think this rubs off then on the amount that you practice the effort that you make the places you go the the way you learn your gear the way you learn your craft all of those things come out of that fundamental just enjoy it for yourself mm. remember that it's fun Remember that it's not a chore. It's not a, oh, you know, I went out and oh, there's this fantastic mountain, but the light was crap. Hang on a minute. Well, dial back a bit. There was a fantastic mountain. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Hmm. J just have an expectation level around a fundamental enjoyment of making the effort. And then anything that comes after that is icing on the cake. And I think with that approach, you will probably likely end up a slightly better photographer than you started and you won't get so much critique when you share your stuff my father-in-law my father-in-law always used to say that if it's a it's a hobby it's supposed to be fun so if you're not enjoying it it's not a job just just stop doing it for a bit you, you, don't, yeah. you know you don't have to if you the point of it is it's supposed to be fun that's the point of a hobby it's supposed to be enjoyable you know? Exactly. I mean, you opened up by mentioning that, that you know, I, I do run the odd workshop or do a bit of tuition. And so often people get in touch and say, oh, I'm really not happy with this. I'm not happy with my photography. And, you know, I could just easily say, well, look, don't 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 spend any money with me. Just try and enjoy what you're doing a bit more. You'll soon get better. Mm, It'll soon be less of a burden. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't, then, you know, take up train spotting or something. Yeah. And there is no magic bullet to become a fantastic photographer. You just have to keep going out and take photos, you know. Mm. And, and, and it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, you're very lucky that you live in such a beautiful part of the world. But you don't have to live in a beautiful part of the world to be a good photographer. You just have to keep no. practising and practising and practising and, and then spot what's good and spot what isn't. Yeah, and it's so much easier to do all of that practising if you're enjoying it, mm. whatever the outcomes. But... Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I also think it's an interesting spin-off. A lot of the people that are good photographers tend to be quite relaxed about their photography. Yeah. They, they don't agonise over it quite so much. I, I think there's too much navel-gazing in, in photography. Um, I, I, do, I joined the Royal Photographic Society and a lot of the sort of newsletter stuff and the magazine stuff. I quite like it because it's a celebration of photography. It's... You know, it, it's like, look look at this stuff. And, and you can look at it and go, yeah, some I like, some isn't my cup of tea, but I don't actively dislike it. But there's this underlying enthusiasm. And I, I think that's a good thing when, as you say, when it's a hobby. Do you, do you think maybe, do you think maybe YouTube has is, is almost turned it into this, like competition or this sort of, more like it's a it's a results based industry if you like photography do you think maybe it should be more about the just like the love of it do you think maybe youtube has turned it into something it isn't perhaps 
Yeah, I, I, I think to some degree that's true. Uh, the, the this oh you've got to feed the algorithm you've got to crank content out you've got to publish it at the same time every week and all that sort of thing turns it into a burden for those that are doing it then you've got the other side of that burden the people who are doing it that are good at it are constantly tuning out really good work and other people are looking at it and thinking oh I'm inadequate you know it's it's uh yeah, there, there is there is that potential. But I also I, I still come back to this, you know, if you approach it in, in a way that says, oh, yeah, I'm quite enjoying this video and you just enjoy it for its own sake. Or if you're not enjoying it, just don't watch it. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Mm. I, I think there's a whole lot of aspects of how people live their lives that, you know, you could look at and say, just relax a bit. You know, none of this really matters. We're a long time dead. Try and have a good time while you're here. Yeah, it's very true, Dave. Very true. Wish I could have that myself, but um, I love. Yeah, love but you are effort. doing. You are having a good time by getting wound up by stuff because you like being wound up. It's true. I, it's horses for it. courses, isn't it? Yes, I do enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. All right. So while we're talking about YouTube, then what's your favorite? What's your favorite YouTube channel in terms of um, in terms of photography? I think I know the answer to this because we've already mentioned him. And what's your favorite YouTube channel? That's or do you have any favourite YouTube channels that aren't based around photography? Yeah, I do actually, but they're kind of slightly eclectic. Um, I like Aussie Man reviews. Oh yeah, he's brilliant. I love Aussie Man reviews. Um, I also, bizarrely, because I work from home for the most part, I love um, American courtroom channels where they uh, publish or or. Uh, post an entire court case from start to finish so you start with the prosecution opening statements then the defense opening statements then all the witnesses the cross-examinations brilliant and now i'm sat there as if i'm on the jury i love it I, uh, so yeah law and crime daily is one of my favorites it's playing in the background pretty much all the time when i'm working uh, and then uh, what about photography who do you like watching I, I do like Adam uh, and kind of by association, Gavin Hardcastle as well. Um, the, what I particularly like about them is that particularly when Gavin used to live on Vancouver Island, their photography styles were so different. Mm. I mean, at a glance, you could identify who'd taken which image if you saw them side by side. So uh, I do like that sort of stuff. UK-based, uh, it's, it's kind of a bit of a love-in because, you know, part of the reason we're mates is because I like your stuff and I like, oh, I like, I like Mally's stuff and I like Darren's and yeah. Jamie's and, and James Burns um, and Sam Bowes when he gets off his ass and makes a video. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's stuff I can relate to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of Seven Tips no uh i'm not i i tend not to watch tutorial videos i'm more about the experience um so stuart mclennan black crag you know the boys in the lakes love that stuff and you know when that comes up on my timeline i'm straight on it so what would you i mean this is a difficult question uh, to answer i think but do you have a like a, a best experience behind a camera and a worst experience behind a camera I do actually, yeah. Okay. Best experience is quite easy and it, it, it's bizarre because it's got nothing to do with where I shoot for the most part and the sort of imagery that I take. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited to Toronto 
with the incomparable Simon Byrne, who royally entertained me for a few days. And we got up in the small hours and drove down to Niagara Falls. So there I am before any of the tourists have turned up with half a dozen hardcore photographers who'd made the same effort and uh, Simon and some friends. And we were treated to the most astonishing sunrise. And when you've, you know, flown across the pond, you're, you're happy to take what you're given. But it was, it was just the most jaw-dropping sunrise right through the mist of the falls, perfectly aligned. Mm. I mean, you know, you couldn't have written a better script. So that was a real... Uh, and, you know, I was there with friends. It was just really, really enjoyable. Uh, worst one, actually, I was more difficult because I actually can't think of much. Um, but there was one that I went out up to Nantes, Paris, and I was shooting down the valley back towards Lamberis uh, on a, a bitterly cold late autumn morning. And I left the car, walked down into the valley, got a shot set up. The light was perfect, but by the time I got the shot set up, the light had gone. Then the heavens opened and my coat was in the car. And then this wind came up. So I was covered in freezing cold Snowdonia rain with a howling gale that froze me to the bone. I scrambled up. I just abandoned that image. I thought, OK, well, I'll take advantage of the... Uh, uh, of the conditions, do something moody. And then my camera fell off the tripod head and bounced down the road <laughs> on the tarmac. And I'd still had this brand new 10 stop filter that I'd bought literally a week before. Smashed to smithereens on the road. Oh, so I completely abandoned that one. But to be fair, that camera, it, it had a few nicks and scratches, but it continued to function because it, it could easily have of smashed to smithereens and the lens was intact as well so yeah but that that was one time that I just called it uh, you know call it quits and went home um, I can't think of any other times when I've done that normally I'll stick it out in some way or other well, I don't blame you on that occasion mate I would have thought though that, that the rain issue might have been the, the I think we might want to stop now you know, let's let's go home now but no, no you want to smash something else before it, you know, just for good measure <laughs> you know yeah, this is it. But I mean, the thing was, I, I was absolutely soaked through. I mean, I just had pretty much what I'm wearing now, you know, a, a fleece and a T-shirt. So my rain shell was in the car because there wasn't any rain forecast. So by the time I got back to the car, I was absolutely frozen to the marrow. So uh... so talk, I remember that, the video as well from Niagara. Uh, and that was, the, the images you got there were absolutely amazing, I've got to say. Um, but you, you did you, you did you do a bit of street photography on that trip as well with Simon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went round to Toronto itself, and then we went out to the islands in the bay and shot back towards Toronto skyline that's, at sunset. That's right. So, so talking about that, I know you're predominantly a landscape photographer and you love landscape photography. But are there other genres of photography that you would like to do more of? Or, or, or are there ever yeah. that you don't want to, you, that you would never want to do? Oh yeah, absolutely, um, definitely street. Because when I see good exponents of street photography, I'm always uh, extremely uh, in awe of their capabilities because it's a tough genre. Uh, you know, your targets don't stand still while you wait for some light, uh, that sort of thing. Um, I also like that it gives you opportunities for creative processing more so than landscapes. Definitely. And that's something that I, I really want to get. If, as it happens, I've 
recently bought um, some gear that will facilitate that, so I intend to give it a go. Um, I've got absolutely zero interest in portraiture, mm. uh, you know, sort of studio lighting and that sort of thing, and wedding photography. I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. Uh, because I can't imagine the pressure. Oh, could you, oh that's I, what I was going to say. Could you imagine doing that? Oh, yeah. And 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 having to get it right because you get one shot of that. And imagine yeah. even you just have the slightest issue with the camera or the slightest issue with oh oh mate no not for me either. I'm with you on that. No, no, and, and any sort of events photography if you're commissioned to do it. But um, but yeah, I I I I'm mucked about a little bit with macro, but. I I I don't find it that engaging, and I don't think that most people do. If I'm honest, no. an abstract is all the same sort of thing. You know, the people that love it really love it, but the audience for it is much smaller. Very niche, I think, isn't it? Very niche. Yeah. What about wildlife, Dave? Because I know you've been dabbling with a bit of wildlife. I have. I don't see myself really making any headway with it, uh, not to the extent that yourself and Darren have, certainly, because I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, I, I don't have the time either, to if, even if I had the patience. So it's a case of, well, oh, look, there's something interesting out the window. I'll probably do my best. Yeah. But I, I, I don't see myself visiting places where there's lots of wildlife, setting up a hide or whatever, and doing it properly. And frankly, in order to do the genre justice that's what it takes you know i understand the levels of dedication and effort and i simply uh, you know don't have what it takes so if i grab the odd image and it's worth sharing i'll share it but you know i certainly won't be making wildlife videos right. let's talk about your youtube channel okay if you could go back to the beginning so if you could start again yeah what would you do would you do anything differently and if you and oh if, yes okay what would you do differently Really easy. I would diet before I start the channel. <laughs> and that's it. Just yeah, way less. Yeah, I mean, I, I look on my early stuff and I think, my God, how did you carry all them chins around? And, and it, in some respects, this is going to sound horribly vain, but it was part of the motivation to, you know, get a bit fitter. Was I was looking at uh, myself on camera thinking, Jesus H. Christ, You've let yourself go. And, you know, I make a point of not having any mirrors in the house. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I, uh, to be fair, the how I started it and the progression that I made in those first few videos, if I started it all over again, not sure I'd do that much different simply because it's all part of the, the learning process. And if, if you go back and try and rewrite it, you know, is it not a bit of a sky replacement scenario? Yeah, very true. Yeah, I guess you've got it. You, everyone, I think everyone who progresses on YouTube goes through certain phases. Yeah. Like, for for instance, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I think pretty much everyone's done it. Car journey. You've got to have a car journey. I'm, I'm, I'm driving somewhere. Here's a, a clip, several clips put together over about 50 seconds of me driving to that place. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I did. I I tried to put a slant on it. There was one where I was late for a sunrise, so I did it a bit speeded up. <laughs> um, I also did a, a, a holiday journey from from my drive to a hotel in Mallorca. <laughs> I was stretching the genre a bit there. How long did that um, last, Dave? How long was that oh, video? It was a long. It was a long segment. <laughs> um, 
But uh, the, the only time I've used it recently was coming through the Ogwin Valley on a Saturday when all the trippers were parking down the road, double parked, and Plod was there lifting them. So since I had my dash cam on just for general purposes, I used a bit of that footage in the video. That's fair enough, mate. That's got to be done, yeah. that one, just for a bit of enjoyment value for everyone, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, people do go through that that phase of, of YouTube where they there's certain things that it's like you go, so you do that, and then there's a bit with transitions where you're trying to make the transitions all funky. And, and in the end, you just work out that what, what really matters is the story, you know, I think. So... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what about your favourite ever photo? Do you have a favourite ever photo that you've taken? Ah, that's so difficult because as time goes by, you take more images, so you have more of a tough choice. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got some highlights, but I think the one that kind of springboarded me into feeling, yeah, I sort of know what I'm doing, and the one that sort of made me think... Oh yeah, you could start a YouTube channel. You you wouldn't embarrass yourself too much. Although fair to say, I have subsequently done so many times. But it, it was an image of uh, geese taking off at sunset over the lake, uh, and I was shooting the sunset, and the geese just took off, with the sun was just kissing the horizon, um, and they flew right through the middle of the image, perfectly positioned so that they weren't obscuring anything. They were just, it looked as if I'd paid them to fly through. And it won me a competition or two. Uh, so there's, there's, yeah, I think that one. Yeah, that's a good shot. You use that a lot as well, don't you? You use that on... Uh, you used to, yeah, used to milk use, it. You used to use that as your end screen, didn't you? I'm sure you did. Yeah, I, I did, yeah, for, for the first few, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that. Yeah, it's a lovely shot. It's, it's, on, it's on my daughter's bathroom wall in quite a large print format and my grandson is learning to count by counting the geese oh that's oh apparently he counts God. them every night at bath time that is another reason for it to be one of your favorites surely yeah wow yeah wow i love that story all right so i think we're going to wrap it up in a minute but i've got one one final question for you right if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give you a piece of advice what would it be um, that's that's a really interesting question. I, I think that it, it relates to photography as far as what we were talking about previously, uh, in that sort of, you know, don't worry, be happy sort of philosophy. Um, but I, I think that I would say to myself, make sure that you enjoy what you do with your life uh, you know, if you do something you enjoy for a job, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life, as they say. Um, but you, when you're 18, you feel like you've got so much time ahead of you that it's infinite. And very quickly you realise you haven't. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not some false happy clappiness, a sort of, um, oh, everything's terrific, everything's wonderful, you know, some sort of trying to be a Labrador puppy. It's just a, a sort of realistic approach that the things that a lot of people consider are traumatising and, you know, uh, depressing. Actually, you know, a lot of it doesn't matter. Just don't let it get to you because mm. you'll have a much more contented existence if you only focus on the really important stuff and make sure that's right because yeah. the rest will just fall into place or cease to matter. Dave, thank you so much, mate. 
It's I, I, I always enjoy chatting to you. You know, it's brilliant, and it's nice to hear a bit more from you because on the podcast you're very, you're very, you're very selective about when you when you when you speak. So it's um, it's good to hear a bit yeah. more about you. Well, it's inversely proportional to the amount that I've drunk, of course. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. But thanks, thanks so much. And look, I'm, no problem, I'm sure everybody, you know, knows Dave. But if you don't, and you've you've you know liked what you've heard, I'll, I'll definitely pop a link in the description to his channel. But yeah, thanks ever so much for watching, everybody, again or listening if you're listening on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. So thanks, Dave, and um, we'll see you see you again sometime. Goodbye. Cheers.